0: Two, three. Good morning. That's that's not bad. I've heard you do better. Good Good morning. Hey, that's much better. I'd like you just to turn to the person behind you and say good morning and Tell them to have a great day, and if you don't know them, introduce yourself. I know we spend a lot of time in the foyer greeting one another and saying good morning and all that, but sometimes we miss each other in that connection, and so every once in a while, it's just a marvelous thing to turn around and just say good morning. I was going to say turn around and tell them the best looking thing they've seen all day, but I thought that might be a little offensive, so we <laughs> didn't do that. But. You know, this past year has been a really exciting year for me, but it's also been a, a really a year of a lot of stress, an inordinate amount of stress in my life. And uh, I, I look back on each year at the end of the year and also during the middle of the year and sometimes even just before summer comes because that's sort of a time when you can evaluate your life and slow things down a little bit and see what's going on and i realized that i was uh, carrying a lot of weight a lot of stress in, in my counseling practice for those of you that don't know me i have a counseling practice here in lloydminster working with uh, individual marriage family couples etc and the challenge for me you know of course is when i'm dealing in a therapeutic relationship with people i'm hearing a lot of things that if i'm not careful can really begin to infiltrate my life and affect me in terms of that person's pain that person's experiences that they're going through And for people that have empathy, that's even, you know, difficult because then you start to run the risk of bringing that into your own life. And that was kind of happening to me this year. I was getting tired. I was realizing that I was letting things affect me in a way that uh, wasn't good. And so whenever that happens, though, God has always been able to break through into my life and bring me back to something that's very, very important to help me in those times where I'm feeling stressed out. And that is back to the word of God, back to his word where I can allow His Spirit to speak to me, encourage me, and give me the strength that I need. And I find that happens especially in the Psalms. I love the Psalms. I don't know if you've read the Psalms recently, but uh, there's a a habit that you could form that would be great if you try and read a Psalm once a day, once a week, whatever, but bring the Psalms back into your life because the Psalms are powerful. I find in the Psalms, I'm brought face-to-face with individuals and groups of people that have experienced some of the very things I'm experiencing. And the words that come out of the Psalms echo the very things that I'm experiencing. And it's as if I was the penman of those Psalms, in a sense, where I'm saying, wow, that's exactly how I feel. That's exactly what I'm going through. And I think there's this mystical, unique power that comes from reading Scripture. And it's because it's the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all Scripture... So that, when the Bible says all, it means all. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that people may be thoroughly equipped for good work. The concept here is it's not something that was breathed into. It's something that was breathed out. And so God has given us the God-breathed word that has power in our lives. And all scripture can have an effect in our life. I love this verse from Joshua 1 8. It says, This book of the law, referring to the scriptures that they had in that time, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be able to careful, may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Now listen, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. So there's something dynamic here about the Word of God. And when we come to the Psalms, it's songs about God's work in individual lives, in groups of people's lives, it's God's work in the world. And the Psalms were written to, of course, people who are experiencing everyday things in their life. And they, 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 they're to be sung, they're to be read, they're to be uh, thought about, they're to be in, involved in our life in a very powerful way. For example, David was feeling depressed, King David. And he said in Psalm 42, 5, he said, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? And then he answers his own question and he says, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. And so as you're walking along in your life and you're feeling down and depressed and you read that scripture, you say, wow, there's somebody who was going through what I was going through and they applied that to their life and they also were brought to a new place of worship and praise. One writer has said this, he said, there's no aspect of our interior life, no kind of religious experience, no spiritual need that is not depicted and lived out in the Psalms. So it's a fantastic set of writings that we can go to and have speak to us. And I like to think of the Psalms in this way that they give me strength and they give me passion when I read the Psalms. It gives me a fire in my soul, so to speak, a result of reading and meditating upon them. And in the end, it makes me change my perspective on life. And that's really where I want to take you today through Psalm 98. It's talking about changing the perspective of where you're at right now in your life today. We've already read it. We've already heard it. But let's just slow down our minds and let's hear it again. Follow with me. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp and the lyre and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the king. Let the sea resound in everything in it, in the world, and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth, and he will judge the world in righteousness and in peoples, or, and peoples with, iniqu- with equity. Pardon me, sorry. So today as we come to Psalm 98, I want to unfold it for you, and I want you to see three things with me, really simple. We want to remember the past. We want to celebrate the present, and we want to anticipate the future. So when we come to this first part here, the first three verses of this Psalm 98, we are to remember the past. Now, I, I was just preaching out in uh, Chilliwack here a little while ago, and in my sermon, I told them, I said, stop living in the past. Forget the past. <laughs> Move forward, live in the present. And so now today, I'm saying, no, remember the past. So it seems like a contradiction. But it's what you remember that becomes important. I often have, and it's usually men, I'm sorry to say guys, they'll say to their partner, why can't you just forget? It's in the past, just leave it alone. Well, that's hard to do, right? And so today we want to do it on the positive side, we want to remember the past. Here's what he says in verse 1. He says, sing to the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, be glad in the Lord. And what's going to follow in these next two verses is a reminder of what happened to the nation of Israel when they were in Egypt and when they were leaving Egypt. And those of you who maybe don't know the story, the nation of Israel was in captivity in the land of Egypt, and God worked through a series of miracles to enable them to be released. Moses, as their leader, was taking them out of Egypt. And as they were coming out of Egypt, they had to cross the Red Sea. And God did a miracle, and he parted the waters. And they were able to walk through into the promised land. And this is what David is remembering here. He's remembering that God gave them victory. And so at the very heart of the text of our scripture today, when he says, sing to the Lord a new song, and when he says to to, uh, do all those verbs, to praise and to shout, it's all related to a military victory in a sense where God has come through, where God's power has been revealed, and they have been set free as a people. Acts 7.34 reminds us of this story. It says, I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. God speaking, I've seen their groaning and I've come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you. This is the same Moses whom they had rejected with the words, who made you ruler and judge. They rebelled against him and yet God still came through and it says he led them out of Egypt. He did wonders and miraculous signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the desert. Hebrews 11.29 says, By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried it, they were drowned. So this marvelous event that he's referring to here, he's saying, sing for joy. Celebrate what God has done in the past. They were a people of bondage. They were oppressed. They were downcast and God set them free. He led them into victory. We read in verse 1 then that his right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for them. This is interesting here because what it's referring to is the covenant of God and the power of God. So God had made a promise to the nation of Israel. I will set you free. I will build your nation. I will prosper you. You will be successful. And then he had to give the power actually make that happen and so that's what's happening here he's saying that God's power was extended and we ought to sing and rejoice that the power of God was extended verse two says make known his salvation well he made known his salvation to the nations and we are here today sitting in this church building because of that where God has allowed over the centuries Christ to come into the world to die on the cross, to set us free. And it's an amazing thing when you experience salvation. For me, it was at the age of 19 through a small grade five Gideon's Bible, where I began to realize that life wasn't what I thought it was. And in my search, I realized that God was real and that God would set me free from my lifestyle of addiction. And I asked Christ to come into my life and he set me free. That's the salvation that's being talked about here. I found a peace and a happiness in my life that I had been searching for and that so many people had told me about but I just didn't follow. I finally did and I found that peace. Shout for joy because of the good work of God and the salvation of God to the ends of the earth. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to do a congregational responsive reading, so to speak. I did have it on the overhead but I realized the print was so small we just took it off (laughs) to save your eyes. So I'm going to read it, and I'd like you to repeat it back with me. So I'll try and go slow so that you can do that. And we're going to make it a prayer. Now, this is very important. Have you ever tried to pray Scripture? It can be a very, very powerful thing in your life. So, for example, when we're reading this Psalm 98, let's just take verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. We turn that around now, and we pray that back, and we say, Lord, today I will sing to you a new song, because you have done marvelous things. And so let's do that together. So I'll say it, you repeat it after me. Lord, today I will sing to you a new song, because you have done marvelous things. You have worked power in my life because of Christ. You have have made known and revealed your righteousness to the nations. You have shown me your love and your faithfulness. The whole world is changed because of your gift of salvation. The power of God to bring salvation is an amazing thing. When Jesus stood up and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man can come to the Father but by me, rocked the world that he lived in at that time. How could he be so arrogant to suggest that he was the way to heaven? He did. And he provided that salvation for all of us through the power of God and the resurrection. You know, I love to think about God at work in my life And I like to think that God is a God who's not just involved in doing the big things in our life. He's a God who will meet us right where we are. In fact, J.B. Phillips says, is your God big enough to become small enough to meet you right where you are? Is your God big enough to become small enough to meet you right where you are today? Whatever you bring to the table, whatever's going on in your life, is God big enough to come down and meet you and work with you in that area of your life? This past week, Susan and I, my wife Susan... We had a conversation about, you know, we really need to talk to this person. If someone in our community, we really need to talk with them. We're having trouble connecting. Just couldn't seem to connect. Couldn't seem to find them. So we prayed. We said, God, open the door so that we could find this person and talk to them. Well, leaving Tim Hortons one day, I I go there once in a while. Um, (laughs) As I was leaving Tim Hortons, guess what? This person walked out of a building right in front of my car. I had to stop. The window was down and I had to be able to communicate with them right in front of me. Now, I've never seen that person at Tim Hortons ever before in all the years that I've sacrificed my life to support them. (laughs) Never saw them. That moment in time, God did it for us. Now, you say, oh, don't give me that. That's, That's just coincidence, and life is full of coincidences. I don't believe that. I believe that was God answering my simple little prayer. But I've also seen God do some big things in my life as well. This is so small and yet so big. When I was 19, as I told you, I came to Christ. I gave my life to him. I surrendered it out of a life of addiction. And I had a calling on my life at that point. I knew God was calling me to the Oriental world. Um, I, I had been involved in martial arts for many years and had a real interest in Oriental people. And God just laid a real burden on my heart to go to China, to Hong Kong. And so as I was preparing for that, I was working full-time as a professional photographer. It would appear that I should have had lots of money, (laughs) but I didn't. I was flat broke. I had zero. I had zero. My bank account was empty. And yet I was asking God to do a miracle for me that I could go to college, get trained, and then get sent out onto the mission field. But I had nothing. And so one day, my mother gave me one of the, uh, some of you won't even know what I'm talking about here, but some of you that my around my age will know. She bought me a disco shirt for my birthday. <laughs> okay, you know what I'm talking about? Hot purple. You look at it, it's kind of glaring. And, and I said, Mom, I love you, but I just can't wear that T-shirt or that shirt. I just can't wear it. So she said, well, just go, just go return it. So I went to the store, now this is gonna sound like a long fish story, but it's a very true story and it's very impactful in my life. I went into the place and I said to the guy, look, my mom bought this shirt for me, I don't have the receipt, could I exchange it for something else in the store? He knew my mother, he said, absolutely. What do you need? I said, I need some pants. Uh, I need a pair of blue jeans, right? So he said, okay, what size are you? I was nice and thin then. Uh, Found the pants, went into the change room and as I was putting them on, I noticed the price tag. Oh, man, $3 different, difference in price. I can't can't do it. It's, It's $3 difference. As I was taking them off, I noticed a bulge in one pocket. Hold on to your seats. As I put my hand in the pocket, I pulled out three $1 bills. And God gripped my heart, and he said to me, what are you worried about? If I'm sending you, you're going to go. Long story short, fast uh, forward a few years, I was actually in Hong Kong. God's word came true. Another time where my wife and I saw God do a marvelous thing in the past, we had moved down to my uh, where I was pastoring a first church, Fort Capel, Saskatchewan, beautiful little place, four lakes, hills, everything. We went to the bank to borrow some money to buy a house, and he said, well, you're a pastor, you don't make enough, I'm sorry, we can't lend you the money because you wouldn't be able to make the payments. Discouraged, we went home, had kind of developed a friendship with the realtor, and he said to me, he said, look, I'll tell you what, let me talk to the owner. So he went to the owner and he said, look, this, this young couple here, they really wanna buy your house, they can't get the finances. Is there anything you could do? And he said, sure, I'll finance it. They can just pay me the mortgage. So we signed all the documents, everything was okay, it was good to go. At the last minute, he got cold feet. Now, I don't know who phoned him and told him that preachers neglected on their payments, but anyway, (laughs) he had cold feet. And he said, I don't want this anymore. Well, the realtor said, you signed the contract, it's it's legal binding. He said, well, what do I have to do to get out of it? Well, I guess you'd have to reduce it to the amount of money that they could afford to get a loan to buy the house. 10 grand. Dropped it, 10 grand. We moved into the house. Spent four wonderful years down at Fort Capel, moving into the second phase of getting ready to go to Hong Kong as missionaries, had to go get a master's degree. We put it up for sale. Now, during the time that we were down there, this realtor became a good friend, and every year he would come to me and ask me, could you write a prayer out for me because I'm doing the RCMP prayer this year at their ball? Sure, no problem. I'd write out a real nice prayer for him. He'd go to the RCMP ball. He'd read this thing. Everybody thought, wow, this guy's really spiritual, you know? (laughs) So again, long story short, when we were ready to move out, we put the house up for sale. The realtor came to me and said, you've been a good friend. You've helped me so much. No fees. Long story short, we walked out of there with $10,000, which we could put towards the education. You see, God is a God who looks after us. He will meet our needs from the most minute detail in our life to the big thing that we need. I mean, just look what's happening in our church. It's exciting. I was just sort of meditating this morning by myself, walking around, listening to what was going on in here. Wow. Just... Just communication and, and engagement, and, and people were excited, and they were glad to be here. In fact, I was doing a mic test. I walked around, and I just said to a couple of people, Hi, I'm doing a mic test here. Uh, why are you at New Life? You know? And I felt like, wow, I could be a roving reporter. This would be wonderful. Uh, make a video of this and post it online. Why are you at New Life? What, are you, what has God been doing in your life to bring you here? We think about how he's answered our prayers. The, the beautiful chairs you're sitting in, we paid for them the new foyer, we paid for it. Uh, Just the support, the new pastor, the family, just all these good things that God is doing are such an encouragement to us, even in the present, but we're focusing on what God has done in the past. Now, what keeps us from focusing on what God has done in the past in a good way? Well, we kind of start to reflect, and the interior of our life becomes full of criticalness. It comes full of despair, and anger, and hurt, and bitterness, and all these things. We need to release that. So I'm going to risk something today, and we're going to try and release that. This may be uncomfortable for some of you, but I want you to try it. I want you to come out of your comfort zone today. I want to challenge you to come out of your comfort zone. We're going to put three questions on the board. How has God shown his power in your life? How has God shown his loving kindness in your life? How has God shown you his faithfulness? in your life. I'm not scared of silence, I can be here all day. (laughs) We just need someone to break the ice and answer one of those questions or all three if you want. Go for it. God healed me of cancer. Wow. God has helped you in the area of addiction. Yes. God called him to do something. He said, no, I'm not doing it. But then he changed his mind and he did it and God opened a whole new door. Wow. (laughs) Yes, a medical miracle today, your son. Absolutely. Yes, those of you that know the story. Don't be shy. You know there's something liberating about just getting it out? Just get it out, let it out. You'll feel really good today. Yes? In order for us to come here, we had to sell our home when the market was really low mm. and God sold our home without us even having to put it on the market. Yeah, I remember that story. You were just out walking around and somebody said, hey, I wanna buy your house sort of idea. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. People, why do we worry so much? Anyone else? We don't want to take too long here. Last chance to share what God is, has done in the past in your life, the power, his love. Uh, how has he shown his faithfulness to you? Yes. 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 Oh, by the way, I don't mean to embarrass you, but she also almost reached a 4.0. <laughs> there was somebody over here. No? Okay. Last chance, I'm going to go. Yes? Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) So just to to recap, because this is being recorded, just to recap, you were living in the States, you needed to sell the house to move to Canada, the house sold, and in the meantime, he got offered a job in Canada, even though you were coming up here with no job, and God came through for you that way. That's amazing, that's amazing. We need to remember the past. You know what, if you don't keep a little bit of a log or journal, you should do that. Uh, I was an auxiliary RCMP officer for 12 years here in Lloyd. And one of the things that I really got out of that was the fact that I had to keep an accurate notebook. And I love to go back into my notebooks and just see some of the harebrained crazy things I had to get involved in. (laughs) And I just see the hand of God, how he protected me so many times. So journaling in any way is a a really exciting thing for you to do. Uh, Write things down so that you can look back and say, you know, I'm discouraged today, but look what God did last year. Look how God broke through for us. We can trust him again. We can believe him. And symbols will help you do that as well. My wife and I both bought two little eagles that we put on our computers. And they're just little little ceramic eagles that tell us that we will rise up with wings as of eagles. And God is there for us. And we remind each other of that. So remember the past, but now let's celebrate the future. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. Psalm 96.1 says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Psalm 149.1 says, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the godly ones. uh, Isaiah 42.10 says, sing to the Lord a new song, sing his praise from the end of the earth. Revelation 5.9, the very last thing that will happen. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the book and break its seals. You see, this whole new song idea has nothing to do with stop singing old hymns has nothing to do with what we sing or how we sing it. It has to do with living in the present so that you can respond to God in praise for what's happening in the now. And not living in the past in a negative sense, but living in the present because we can't change the negative past. We can only live in the present. And so he says here, shout. That's a verb. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilant singing with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp and the sound of singing with the trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Lloyd Gospel Fellowship here in town uh, had a team go to Israel actually two or three times. But one of the things they did was they brought back a ram's horn. And I'll tell you, it gives you spiritual goosebumps when at the beginning of the service, somebody stands up and blows that ram horn. It is just awesome. Pastor, could we get a ram's horn? (laughs) We have to send him to Israel first, though. (laughs) Verse 4 says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. You see, God is such a God that he has an expectation that not only us, but all of his creation We'll worship him, we'll lift up his name, we'll praise him, we'll burst into joy. You know what really puzzles me? I- I'm not a great sports guy. I, I never was. The, o- the only sport I ever was involved in was martial art. And it, because that it was a single thing, I could do it and excel in my own world. I wasn't really involved in the teams. I always got benched. That was probably why. <laughs> but, but when the Raptors won, I could not believe the excitement. I said to someone, it's just a basketball game. (laughs) Oh, wrong thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't we be that excited about our faith? Why can't we have rallies like that as a whole community where we lift up what God is doing in our midst? And he really, he goes on here now, and he, he talks about a dream that I've always had When I was a pastor, I I can't impose any dream upon this church, of course, I'm just a member here, but I've always had this dream as a pastor that our worship team would be an orchestra. I play uh, the drums, I'm a drummer, but I played clarinet in school and I play just enough guitar to scare everybody. (laughs) But I've always had this vision in my mind's eye of an orchestral type worship team where we had all kinds of instruments showing God's talent in the life of people. And I'm not projecting this on you, pastor. Please don't take it that way. I love our worship. I love our teams. We're doing a wonderful job. In fact, pastor, I do a lot of traveling around preaching. This is one of the best worship teams, all of them, that I have really seen in many, many years. So, right, (laughs) right? I'm not going to take the time because time is kind of running away on me here. But there are many, many psalms that call us to use music and talent. So here's a challenge, if you'll give me permission, Pastor. Just say yes, please. (laughs) If you have a talent that you're sitting behind and hiding, why not ask God if he wants to use that gift, that talent, in some way, and then approach Pastor and say, hey, I can do this. Can I fit in anywhere? And I know he'll take you aside and talk with you and, and see where you're at. That's a challenge for you. Well, then he goes on and he talks about here, he says, uh, verse 7, Let the sea resound. Have you ever sat on a rock in the ocean and listened to the waves? How they hit the rocks. And you just close your eyes and just, you're sitting there. Wow. It's a powerful, powerful thing. I grew up in the prairies, so for me it was go out into the middle of a grain field and uh, Just look at the wheat and the sky and same thing. Wow, God is such an amazing God. Romans one twenty says this, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. Listen, this is so, so powerful and yet so sad. He says this, so that men, people, women, men are without excuse. You see, God's creation is such that if you were to stand before God in the final days and say, well, Lord, I never knew. No one ever told me. He would still say to you, but I told you. I showed you. Remember when you were sitting on the rocks in the ocean? I showed you my power. I showed you who I was. He speaks to us through creation and David is just acknowledging that. He's saying everything exists. And you know what? There's even a scripture that says if we keep silent, even the rocks will cry out. Even God will use the praise from the rocks. So remember the past, celebrate the present. So when you think about what God is doing in the present, we had that little uh, exercise where you thought about the past. Think now about what he's doing in the present. I'm not going to ask you to say anything, but just bring it to the forefront of your mind. What's God doing right now in your life that's exciting? Just say it to yourself. Thank you, God, for. Thank you, God, for whatever it is. For some of you, it may be, thank you, God, that I had enough courage to enter the doors of this church. Thank you, God, that I had enough courage to get out of bed this morning. Thank you, God, that I had enough courage not to have that drink last night, not to smoke that joint, not to do whatever. Thank you, God. Remember the present. And now now we'll close with this. Let's anticipate the future together. You know, this is one thing, uh, as I get older, I'm thinking more and more about this. In fact, I, I like to think of it as the, the granny that was sitting at the table and the little grandchild came up to her and said, Grandma, what are you doing? She was reading her Bible. And she said, I'm cramming for finals. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When all is said and done, we're all gonna die. <laughs> Whoa, that really brought us down. <laughs> We're all going to die at some point in our life. And so what we do is very, very important while we're here. And as we anticipate our future, that helps motivate us to do everything we can do. I have a little phrase in my mind that I say all the time. M-I-F-G. Say it with me. M-I-F-G. What is my maximum impact for God today? What is my maximum impact for God today? Well, when we think about the end time, what do we think about? Well, we think about all these events that are going to come upon us, the second coming, the rapture, depending on your theology, of course, the great tribulation, the antichrist, the millennial reign, the 1,000-year reign of peace, the great white throne judgment where God will judge, a new heaven and a new earth where there won't be any sea, no ocean anymore. All these things we think about when we think about the end times, but we forget about the purpose of God coming back again really is to take us home but also to execute judgment upon the earth. Now, I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's what the Scripture teaches. He's coming back to execute judgment because for so long, we have had to put up with a lot of imbalances. Evil seems to be running uh, running wild. There's terrorism. There's ISIS. There's evil in the world. All these things that come against us as believers in Christ. We have no idea how the church of God is suffering in other countries around the world. The pain that people are experiencing in the name of Christ it's all going to come to a conclusion where God is going to judge the evil. And that's what it's really saying here. He's coming back. It's called an executive control. He's coming back to, do, to right the wrongs, to address the imbalances, to show himself in all of his splendor to show himself as the sovereign king. In fact, listen to this. It says, After this I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God for true and just are his judgments. That's the end of the story in the book of Revelation. When it's all over, we're looking down, worshiping God because of his judgment upon those that did not follow him. Now we don't have time to get into this. This is a whole new teaching series that Pastor Mike might want to do someday on the end times. But I don't believe Christians will be in the great white throne judgment. It's going to be those who have not come to Christ. But that's still pretty sad to me. That that will happen. But it's going to happen, right? So how does that reflect? As I close, we need to live in the future so that we can live in the present so that we can celebrate the past. Does that make sense? We live in the future. What I mean by that is we say, God, you know the end of the story. Well, I do too because I can read it. It's right here. Page. It tells me the end of the story. I know the end. So rather than worry about the end, I've got to think about the end but live in the present and give my MIFG for God using the past to motivate me for his good works in my life. That's my simple message for today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day today. And we just marvel at some of the testimony that we've heard today. We're so excited for just that we worship a God who is so powerful. We worship a God who wants to do good things in our lives. And I wanna hold my hands over this congregation today, Father, and I wanna invite you to draw them closer to you today and whatever that means, Father. Maybe there's some here today that don't know you personally. They have a knowledge of you. They have you you in their mind. They believe in a God, but they've never crossed that bridge where you've said that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, and no one can come to the Father but through you. Help them to come to that place today, Lord. It's a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I've failed you. I want to follow you. Come into my life. Help me walk with you. Help me to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. And as that prayer might have been made, Lord, I pray that this would be the beginning of something new and fresh. And even for us, those of us who've been around for a while, that you'd put back within us that spirit of anticipation to see the good hand of God at work in our lives, in our church, in our community, in our province, in our country, in our world. And we'll say together as a congregation, in Jesus' name, Sensing.